Good evening, everyone. It's so good to see you all here. Thank you so much for being here tonight, even though my normal episode time is supposed to be on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. It seems that God wanted us to have it tonight instead. So I thank each and every one of you for being here live with me and those that are going to be listening later. Thank you so much. Um, Tonight's episode I believe we're finally on episode eight. I can't believe that. That's surprising. They go fast. Um, but tonight's episode is on pharmacia, something I have a lot of experience with and something that's very important. So I'm going to enlighten some of you guys on some stuff that I've learned. And I think this is actually going to wind up running into another episode um, maybe next Wednesday or Thursday, I'm not sure, um, but it definitely is going to be something that's going to need some further um, information on because it's just so much, and 8 p.m. is when Echoes has her podcast, so I don't want to interrupt that at all because I love her podcast, but so we're just going to go ahead and dive in. Pharmakia. Um, Pharmacia has been around for a while. It's it's a word that was used and has been used for a very long time. Um, pharmacia, it comes from the Greek word, and it appears in Galatians 5.20, which says idolatry, and I'm going to read 5.20 and 21, idolatry, witchcraft, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom. And notice how um, it was presented kind of early on. Um, It also comes from the same root word that appears in Revelations 9.21, Revelations 21.8, and Revelations 22.15. It's typically translated into English as sorcery, witchcraft, or sorcerer. The ancient Greeks used the word pharmakia closely to to mirror the generic modern English word drugs. The same Greek root word produced English terms such as pharmacy and pharmacist. Modern use of the word sorcery evokes images of supernatural power and spells. Biblical use of pharmakia doesn't fit well with such ideas. Rather, this, the term suggests various forms of drug abuse. Those might include drug use and pagan worship as an addiction or as a poison to manipulate and control others. In modern English, separate terms distinguish medicines, chemicals, and illicit drugs. As used in most contexts, a pharmacist and a drug dealer both distribute chemicals, but of different kinds and for drastically different reasons. Because English vernacular uses entirely different words, phrases like selling drugs evoke something illicit while taking meds or prescription drugs doesn't apply anything nefarious. Ancient Greeks used words like pharmakia to refer to the entire spectrum, from medicines to psychoactives to poisons. This makes cultural and biblical context crucial when it comes to interpreting words related to and terms related to pharmacia. Ancient societies were no stranger to mind-altering chemicals. Archaeologists note the presence of opium, hemp, and many other substances in Bible-era cultures. Those compounds were not as potent as modern options, but still capable of powerful effects. For example, synthetic drugs like carfentanil are are a hundred thousand times as powerful as an equivalent dose of natural opium. This is what allows a small dart to tranquilize an an elephant, but opium itself is still a strong drug. And I want to say on that, that things like that, um, you know, we have our natural things that God give us that were not as not as powerful and I say powerful as an addictive like for example um Ryan's wife Angie mailed me something called a wild lettuce tincture it does mimic some of the same recept 
Oh, excuse me. Sorry. It does mimic some of the same receptors like uh, that the opium stuff does, but it doesn't have the addictive tendencies. This wild lettuce tincture has helped me tremendously as far as pain um, because I have a nerve that's entrapped in between my pelvic bone and my hip bone that has caused a lot of pain. It's relieved that as well as many other things. So those stronger, more addictive drugs that were created by pharmacists or the drug dealers or the, the sorcerists, you know, that that's really the correct term to use. They, they manipulate the mind and alter the mind and turn it to where it can be manipulated by evil. Mood-altering substances were also used in connection to ancient religious practices. Temples such as those in Greece sometimes used mind-altering drugs in fortune-telling and oracles. These may have been included, these may have included natural vapors and deliberately concocted mixtures. When Paul wrote Galatians and John recorded Revelation, these practices would have been part of pagan idolatry. Galatians, um, like I said, with 520 and 21, you know, it includes idolatry than witchcraft. And some of that with these pharmaceutical drugs are exactly that. It's, it's witchcraft. Substances that alter a person's perception can be used as legitimate medicines, as in 1 Timothy 4, 4, which says, For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. They can also be used or be abused for recreation. Even worse, they can be used in a predatory manner by influencing others and taking advantage of their skewed awareness. The biblical concept of sorcery seems to lean toward the latter end of this spectrum. A biblical sorcerer could be thought of as the equivalent of a modern drug dealer or as the type of person who slips chemicals into a woman's drink to take advantage of her. Galatians 5.20 is part of Paul's list of contrast to the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22 and 23, which says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing there is no law. That list of works of the flesh in Galatians 5.19 to 21 that says, now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that. Those don't appear to be random. The references are collected into groups of similar offenses. Paul begins by mentioning sexual sin, then idolatry, then sorcery, a.k.a. pharmakia, and then division, before moving on to drunkenness and debauchery. His reference to pharmakia is grouped closer to idolatry and sexuality than it is to drunkenness, which hints at the use of illicit drugs and ungodly spiritual practices. John's references might also be connected to pagan worship. In Revelation 9.21, nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexuality, sexual immorality or their thefts, comes immediately after a condemnation of idolatry. Yet this reference also sits between the mentions of murder and sexual sin. Revelation 18.23, And the light of a lamp will shine in you no more, and the voice of bridegroom and bride will be heard in you no more. For your merchants were the great ones of the earth, and all nations were deceived by your sorcery. As part of a condemnation of Babylon, referring to its deception, the phrasing clo closely echoes the statement of Nahum 3.4, which says, And all for the countless wrongdoings uh, of the prostitute, graceful and of deadly charms, who betrays nations with her whorings and peoples with her charms which refers to charms. The Hebrew word, root word used in a home is kashefeth, and that's K-E-S-H-E-P-H, -E -E because those of y'all who know me during Bible study, 
on Tuesday and Thursday at 11 a.m. Know that I am horrible at, at saying these words correctly. But that is used in reference to idolatry and is often translated as sorcery and is seen in 2 Kings 9.22. And when Joram saw Jehu, he said, Is it peace, Jehu? He answered, What peace can there be? So as so long as the whorings and the sorceries of your mother Jezebel are so many, as well as Isaiah 47.9, these two things shall come to you in a moment, and one day the loss of children and widowhood shall come upon you in full measure in spite of your many sorceries and the great power of your enchantment, enchantments, as well as Isaiah 47.12. Stand fast in your enchantments and your many sorceries with which you have labored from your youth. Perhaps you may be able to succeed. Perhaps you may inspire terror as well as Micah 5.12. And I will cut off sorceries from your hands and you shall have no more tellers of fortunes. Combining these contexts, the exact meaning of pharmakia isn't crystal clear, but neither is it completely obscure. There's no sense that scripture uses terms such as pharmakia in reference to supernatural powers. Instead, biblical sorcery seems to be about use, abusing drugs for idolatry, recreation, and or oppression of others. And I'm going to dive into some of the research that, good evening, Ron, it is going to be a great night. Uh, I'm going to dive into some of the research that I have done on this. Good evening, Chris. Um, Sorry, I have not like Scott and Duncan who can chat and or type and chat at the same time. So um, I'm definitely not going to be able to watch the chat as much. So I apologize for that. But it's going to be a lot of information here. The Merck family. And I start with Merck with Pharmakia because Merck family was the oldest pharmaceutical company. It's an American former subsidiary of Merck and Company, and now it's an independent as well as the Hamburg Merchant Bank, H.J. Merck and Company. It had first appeared in Hamelburg in the 15th century. In 1668, Frederick Jacob Merck purchased the second town pharmacy in Darmstadt, known as the Engel Apotheke, and that's E-N-G-E-L, or Angel Pharmacy. In 1917, Merck was nationalized by the American government because of World War I, and stock, the stock was bought back in 1919 by George F. Merck. At a, um, it was at a government auction with Goldman Sachs and Lehman, and the Lehman Brothers. His son, George W. Merck, owned it from 1925 to 1950. A branch of the family descended from the Henrik Johan Merck. And that was um, Fred, uh, Henrik Johan Merck lived from 1770 to 1853. Um, Johan Merck was it, the, she or he belonged to the Hamburg's ruling class of the Hanseanic merchants. It was an elite group of the free imperial city of Hamburg with Bremen, B-R-E-M-E-N, and Lübeck. L-U-B-E-C-K, in possession of the hereditary Grand Burgership. So I thought that was kind of neat that that was the Grand Burgers, because, you know, we all like hamburgers. The Grand Burger is an, is an inherited title of German origin and is legally defined as a preeminent status granting exclusive constitutional privileges and legal rights to those who were magnates and subordinate only to the emperor. They were under Holy Roman, uh, under the Holy Roman Empire and were privy to very few individuals and families across Central Europe, formerly existing well into the late 19th century and the early 20th century. H.J. Merkin Company was one of the largest merchant banks in Hamburg, Germany, existing from 1799, which was 223 years ago. Until 1983, which was 39 years ago, they were involved in shipping. They co-founded the Hamburg American Line, which is H-A-P-A-G, with the Berenberg Bank, founded by Henrik Johann Merck. 
sorry, I have to make notes here because if not, I will forget some of this because there were so much information. Merck, and the reason why I got into um, looking into Merck specifically was because I was on a medication called Cellcept, C-E-L-L-C-E-P-T. That's the brand name. That medicine was used to protect my kidneys against inflammation that I had um, because of my lupus, my autoimmune disease, which was caused by an MMR vaccine. And so one day I was getting ready, and I've told a few people this, but not many. Um, when I was getting ready to take my medication one day, I had them in my hand because I can't take in the taste of medicine is just awful and I'm a baby I'm a big wimp when it comes to that kind of thing with taste and texture so I had them in my hand while I was going to the kitchen to get something to drink to put in my mouth before I took my medicine when the length of time that I had them in my hand it burned a spot on my hand that's actually the last day that I took them and I didn't even take them that day um, it burnt a mark on my hand from the pills. And I was like, oh, this isn't good. And I recalled, you know, as a nurse, when I would do my med passes, some of my patients that had had, and this is used for people that have had transplants as well, um, to prevent the rejection of the transplant by the body. And so um, I knew then, you know, we were told through, pharmacology which surprisingly they give you a whole semester on pharmacology but they don't give you a whole semester on on things like med surge and other stuff that's more important in my opinion than the pharmaceuticals that we are not even able to prescribe but the medicine burnt my hand and it made me think back to when I would give it during my med passes that we were supposed to wear gloves with this and it never really made sense to me at the time until I saw that burn mark. Well, this medicine, if you think about what it's doing to your hand, imagine what it's doing to the inside of your body. So I got to looking at the pill bottle to see who manufactured that drug and that was Merck. So I started into a deep dive of, I say a deep dive, of Merck, but I, I started doing some research on it and I think it was really God inspired because I wouldn't have otherwise known to look at the specific drug. And then when I got to looking into it, I discovered a whole hornet's nest of stuff. So Merck was also the commercial manufacturer of morphine. They perfected the chemical process during um, deriving morphine from opium and then later introduced cocaine that was used for sinus problem treatment. Like if you had, I guess, allergies and stuff like that, they would give you cocaine at that time because it was acceptable, just like cannabis was accepted at that time. Well, they also went above and beyond from that. And I know some of you may recall, the younger ones may not, but they added that to beverages to boost energy levels. Yeah, Coca-Cola was one of the prime examples of these companies. Uh, based out of Atlanta, Georgia, um, Coca-Cola actually had to adjust their formula because when they banned and outlawed, made it a Schedule One drug, um, they switched from the cocaine to, to caffeine. And some of the products that Merck made, I'll get into in just a second, um, but I want to get into a little bit on the family so that way y'all can kind of get a background of, of who these people are. So I, I talked about George W. Merck, who had eventually was able to purchase the company back from the United States government. George W. w. Merck was born in New York City. He was raised in Llewellyn, and I hope I'm saying that right. It's L-L-E-W-E-L-L-Y-N Park. New Jersey, where he actually had access to Thomas Edison's workshop. He was a Harvard, a Harvard grad. Oh, thank you, Echoes. Um, he was, uh, George Merck was a Harvard grad, and during the interwar years, he oversaw the development of synthetic vitamins, sulfas, antibiotics, and hormones. 
World War II led to war research service that initiated the United States bioweapon program with Frank Olson. Frank Olson, and this is where I'm probably going to have to get into on another episode a little bit deeper. Um, but Frank Olson, I don't know if you know of him, but you'll probably remember this name. And it reminded me of the Olson twins. But he was dosed without his knowledge with LSD um, by members that were, it was Sidney Gottlieb, G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B who was founding the MK Ultra program. Um, that was the program head. Nine days later, he died after, and this is in quotes, plunging to his death from the window of the Hotel Statler, S-T-A-T-L-E-R, in New, Jer- in New York. They had the Rockefeller Commission do a report on the CIA in 1975. And in that report, they acknowledge they're having conducted covert drug studies on fellow agents. The government settled out of court on this in the wrongful death for, at that time, it was $1.25 million, which later was reduced to 750000 And the value estimated in 2021 was $3.8 million. President Gerald Ford and then CIA Director William Colby offered apologies to the family. Then in 1951, Merck donated 2,600 acres of forest and farmland for public use in Rupert, Vermont. Now Merck is listed as Merck, Sharp, and Dome, D-O-H-M-E, outside the United States and Canada. Um, Some of the vaccines that they produced and still produce are the HPV, which is Gardasil, chickenpox um, vaccine as well. And in 2022, they were ranked the 71st on the Fortune 500 and 87th on the 2022 Forbes Global 2000. Both, both are based on the 2021 reviews. The revenue as of 2021 was 48.7 billion for Merkin Company. Their net worth was 13.05 billion and their assets was 105.69 billion. Some of their other medicines include six blockbuster drugs for 2020, like Katruda, which is a, a very hard name to say, but it's mob, and I think of the MABs, the mobs, because of those are usually immunotherapy drugs. Those um, they usually use those on people that have cancer as an anti-cancer remedy. It's a humanized antibody that brought them in fourteen point three billion dollars in twenty twenty alone. They also manufacture Genuvia, which is an anti-diabetic drug, which brought in $5.3 billion, as well as Gardasil, which is an HPV, the human papilloma virus um, vaccine. That was $3.9 billion in revenue. And I don't know if you know this or not, but the HPV vaccine Gardasil had been promoted from early 2000s on, and I imagine still currently for teenagers and adolescents, they try to start this with our children that are nine to 10 years old to prevent cervical cancer. They give it to males and females both. And this drug has not had enough, in my opinion, research. And I did not allow my children to receive it because there was not enough research. It came out about the same time as the H1N1 vaccine during the Obama's administration. Um, and so it really unnerved me. And there was something about that that I just felt was not right. They also came out with a Verivax shot, which was a, a chickenpox vaccine. That brought them in $1.9 billion. 
They also did Bridion, B-R-I-D-I-O-N. That was a neuromuscular blocking drug, which earned them $1.2 billion. Pneumovax 23, which is a pneumococcal saccharide, polysaccharide vaccine for $1.1 billion. Acentris, which together with the United States Department of Health and Human Service, um, created this one. And I'm sure our wonderful fraud chief Alchi has a part in this, although I've, I'm still needing to do some research on that. But that one had already brought in 838 million, which actually was surprising that that was all that it brought in as much as they promote, um, the vaccines for flu and pneumonia. It, it was very shocking, like with the, the Pneumovax and even, you know, Fauci has been one that has been very big on HIV and um, AIDS development research. They had the Rotatec rotavirus vaccine, which brought in 797 billion or million, as well as one called Limparza. I had not heard of Limparza. But it is a BRCA, BRCA, you know, they, they talked about the BRCA um, gene with breast cancer. And, you know, they really promoted that with the, the Susan J. Coleman Foundation and women, even Christina Applegate. She had the test done to see if she was a carrier of that BRCA1 gene or whatever BRCA gene it was that was a... um kind of like a precursor to developing breast cancer. And so this one, though, is a BRCA ovarian cancer vaccine. It brought in, in 2020, $725 million, which was very, very shocking to me, you know, because that's, that's a lot, you know. I mean, especially being so new. On the H.K. Mulford Company, you guys, I had a call coming in. I'm going to have to mute this or silence this. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to silence my phone because I'm doing this off my phone. My my laptop doesn't work, so I do this on my mobile device. I appreciate y'all's patience. H.K. Mulford and Company, or Mulford Company, they were founded in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in the late 1880s after purchasing the old Sims drugstore at 18th and Market Streets. Um, the company Sharpen Dome, which is the same one that bought Merck, bought this company in 1929. In 1889, Mulford received financial investment from Milton Campbell. And then they turned around and opened a lab in Glendolden, Pennsylvania, to produce their they also produced and grew foxglove to make digitoxin, digitalis, which is digoxin. It's for heart issues, if y'all don't know. Um, it's a very beautiful plant. Usually it's white. It kind of has a bloom that looks like a, almost like a trumpet, but it has little speckles in there. That one, you cannot touch that um, with your bare hands because if you do, it can really um, mess with your hands a lot. Um, it can it can cause your your heart to to have start having issues. Digoxin is also you know it's used as an antiarrhythmia drug for patients that have heart arrhythmias, and I imagine that these arrhythmias are probably caused by these same pharmaceuticals that they're they're giving you because they do work with the cholesterol drugs they work with um you know all kinds of other drugs that they're going to give people that that have any kind of if you've got a heart issue or cholesterol issue usually they're going to have you on a heart medicine one of the signs of digoxin toxicity is ringing in the ears which i know a lot of people have had because of all the 5G stuff, but they have to monitor those levels very, very, very closely because it's not hard to throw somebody off and 
wind up having the opposite effect, which now knowing what we know as far as the pharmaceutical companies go, we know that they're definitely always doing something nefarious. Um, but they did uh, grow the Fox Club there to meet uh, Digitalis, as well as the smallpox vaccine, rabies, and even antivenin um, vaccines. In 1943, they discovered streptomycin um, during some Merck-funded research program in Selman Waxman's, it's W-A-K-S-M-A-N-S, lab at Rutgers University. That was the first uh, tuberculosis treatment. And I don't know if y'all recall, but, you know, we had smallpox that was a big deal in the early 1900s, I believe. And then right after that, tuberculosis. Well, half of the patients that were treated with this tuberculosis treatment by Merck with the streptomycin, half of them died within five years. Carl Bayer, B-E-Y-E-R, James M. Sprague, John E. Bayer, B-A-E-R, and Frederick C. Novello developed the first thiazide diuretic. So now we're getting into the hypertension part. They marketed the first drug of this class of chlorothiazides under the name of diuril in 1958. In 1929, Sharp and Dome added the smallpox jabs. That's what I have here because that's what they are. They're jabs. They're not vaccines. And then in 1965, it was acquired by Charles Frost, F-R-O-S-S-T, LTD of Montreal, Canada, and became Merck Frost Canada. Sorry, I had to get to my notes here. I know these names, right? Um, Maurice Hillman developed the first mumps vaccine in 1967, and then right after the rubella vaccine, 1969, and then came up with the first trivalent MMR in 1971, followed by the hepatitis B, and the first varicella, which is chickenpox. Those right there, you know, that MMR vaccine is what they used with this COVID vaccine. Um, because they studied, Johns Hopkins studied extensively and researched what patients were seeing with the MMR and the symptoms. And I believe it strongly in my heart. I have not been able to find the exact proof, and it's probably going to be hard. But God gives us that God tuition, and he gives it to us for a reason. And I feel strongly that... That was what they they wound up using to make this this COVID vaccine. They knew what was happening because patients that were receiving the MMR, like myself, they were able. Um, they started having muscular sclerosis symptoms and all kinds of neurological symptoms. And then, I mean, especially with them killing one of their own researchers. With the MK Ultra program, it's obvious that they are definitely doing a whole lot of nefarious stuff. The company incorporated in 1979, or I'm sorry, in New Jersey in 1970 by John J. Horan, CEO and chairman from 1976 to 1985. Research and, and development grew threefold under his leadership, and, the, and Merck became the largest pharmaceutical company in the world at that time. Then in 1979, they come out with lovastatin, which was the first statin. Statins are what they use to lower cholesterol. And it also causes joint issues. Um, it leads to osteoporosis in women and a lot of other issues. But one of the really, really interesting things that I didn't find till today, and I guess that's why God had me do a pause on my show being last night instead of tonight. Sorry, I had a cough and I didn't want y'all to hear that cough. That was because um, that William C. Campbell that I mentioned earlier and Satoshi Amura 
developed ivermectin to prevent use in 1981, and then they started using it for humans against, it's called onchocerisis, which is river blindness, and I know I said that all wrong. Um, it's O-N-C-H-O. I know the oncho part is right. And then C-E-R-C-I-A-S-I-S. That's river blindness. And I believe that's from um, parasites. Lymphatic filariasis, which is elephantitis, which that's the um, very engorged and enlarged limbs. And that was from the filarial, excuse me, filarial worms. In 1982, KBI Inc., along with AstraZeneca, um, started developing and joining in part of this. The 1990s, DuPont, along with Johnson & Johnson, became part of it. And then in May of 2002, Bill and Melinda Gates also donated a tremendous amount of money to this uh, company, to Merck. And between 2002 to 2005, an Australian affiliate of Merck paid a publishing house, Elsevier, an undisclosed amount to produce eight issues of a medical journal, the Australian, Australian, I'm sorry, Australian Journal of Bone and Joint Health. That right there um, led to some misleading peer-reviewed journals that actually did come to light and was kind of swept under the rug, sadly, which is what they always do, because if you've got the money, they're going to hide it, honey. Um, but I want to say on Aselvier, it's E-L-S-E-V-I-E-R, they are one of the biggest publishing companies of nursing books. And I recall that because though my school didn't use them, I had my cousin who sent me some of her um, NCLEX study guides, and that was some of the NCLEX study guides that I used was the Elsevier. And it really makes you wonder now, like, looking back at all of this stuff, how manipulative they are, just like with these words, you know, with pharmacia, they want to call it a pharmacist now instead of a drug dealer or a sorceress, and it, it's really bad um, how they do. Yeah, nursing books are expensive, and, and it's crazy. We have been guinea pigs. I'm reading chat now. Sorry, guys. Um, and, yes, parasites, Dr. Lee Merritt talks about it on her website and on a lot of her podcasts. She talked to Scott about it. Um, if y'all go to themedicalrebel.com, she's got a lot of information on on parasites. And I'm going to uh, put that link down here. If I can spell right, Otto wants to get me today. They don't like my truth-telling, I guess, today. Um, you can go on themedicalrebel.com. And Dr. Lee Merritt has got a lot of useful, useful information, places where you can actually, she gives the treatment guidelines of what she's doing, as well as what um, she recommends others doing. She's been on a a protocol now for six months herself, and she's very, I mean, she's, she's really healthy, and she's starting to now see a, a difference um, with that. But you know, they don't want to call it what it is, and it really is sorcery. And that's what God God is trying to, you know, he, in Scripture, it tries to lead us against that. It was in Exodus, you know, when they when I first, I think, was introduced into the sorcery and witchcraft and all that was in Exodus. When Moses was talking to Pharaoh, and even when God was speaking to Moses about um, how he was going to harden Pharaoh's heart and and make him see what what miracles that God could work that his sorcerers and magicians and the witches and all that then at that time didn't even realize. Um, but if y'all do want to anybody, I know we've been boycotting Netflix. I don't have Netflix myself, but I did find out some information. 
as far as um, Frank Olson. They did a series on him in 2017 called Wormwood that's based off of Frank Olson's death. And, you know, it seems like, you know, we all know this cabal is tied together and these elitists all all stick together. And that's one of the instances where, you know, they just would rather kill him, just like I think they killed um, Nikola Tesla. And, you know, Nikola Tesla worked closely with Edison. Edison was just mad because Tesla came out with the, I believe it was the alternating current, and Edison didn't want the alternating current. He wanted the DC current, the direct, I think it's direct current. And I may have those flip-flopped. I don't have it written down, so I apologize if I do have that wrong. But they, they, you know, and we were seeing it today, like with Hillary Clinton and with some of the others. They constantly cover up what they do to hide it out of the general public. But now there's so many people. Edison is alternating current. Thank you. I couldn't remember which one was which. Um, I did know that Ed, that um, Edison was very mad at Tesla, though, because he was trying to do the free energy. And so with them having, with this Merck family having access, and especially it being a George W. Merck, you know, we have a George W. Bush and both of them, both George W. and H.W. were both cabal instituted and placed presidents. So with um, George W. Merck having access to Edison's workshop, there's no telling what all else that I have not been able to dig into yet to get in on how nefarious this company is. But just for those of y'all just joining, the reason why I did dig into this with Merck was because of a medication burn just for being on my hands. And I have the pictures. I'll share that on the Knickknacks page on Telegram. If y'all want to go there to find it, it um, I try to keep everything in here. Um, that pertains to the show. It's on Telegram. It's Sneaky Snacks. I'm going to share the link down here. I can't believe we're almost at the end of the hour, and I definitely don't want to get into um, Jennifer Renee's podcast. So I hate to cut y'all off there, but I definitely think this is something we're going to continue into because we're all, you know, I, I think they're trying to not only kill off the younger people, but they're trying to kill off the older people especially. And my heart definitely, um, definitely loves, you know, the elderly. And I think that part of it was, you know, that they, they want to be able to take away the money that people have paid in over time, like their Social Security. That's not money that, that the government's just handing out for free. The government has made I don't know how much money off of just the interest alone that we pay out every week. And it's kind of like the whole insurance industry scam. I really feel like even though I know people that are in insurance and like automo home life insurance industry, I think it's a big scam. And I hate to say that for those of you who, who do um, work in that industry, but they use fear in order to get us to go out and purchase these things to to protect, you know, in the event that something happens. Because they know that people can't, like the hospitals, if you have an event that pops up unexpected and it's an emergency, you know, hospital bills, they charge you $550 for a Tylenol. So, you know, the surgeries and things like that, you know, they make you fearful. So you pay monthly for insurance, for health insurance. Then the government regulates your car insurance. You got to have car insurance to drive your car down the road. And if you don't, they're going to suspend your license. And, and, and it's not fair. It, it's a, it should be an illegal practice, in my opinion, because, you know, if you're a cautious driver, and I know accidents happen from time to time, but when you're a cautious driver and you're paying attention, then those accidents are very much less likely to happen than is if you, okay, well, if I get in a wreck, it doesn't matter. 
and and it does it keeps going on and on and on to where they just have us so afraid and there's 300 and something times in the bible where where god tells us to fear not the only fear we should have is the fear of the lord and the beginning of of wisdom is fear of the lord so while they're trying to manipulate us into doing things that you know aren't what we should be doing and and spending our money in a way that you know we could be using that money for many other things instead you know they make these laws that require you to have to have car insurance or even like during obama's administration you had to have health insurance or you're going to get fined and even when you did like some people did obamacare I know someone that even did the Obamacare, but still had to pay money at the end of the year when it comes times to do taxes. And they were understanding why they had to pay that money, nor did I, you know, because it's just, you know, the government, the interest that they make off of each one of us, we are their cattle. And it is, you're right, Tam, it's a, it's a racket. And we, we've become their cattle and just like what I was talking about on the whole January 6th thing, you know, back in the 60s, you could go into the Capitol building and they went in armed, yet nothing really happened. And then what, you know, the few that were arrested, they were released, charges were dropped. Now it's where the government, you know, they think we work for them, whereas they're supposed to work for us. And that's why I do love the county by county. I love the local initiative because we've got to take back control of, of the government. Otherwise, we need to implement new and a new guard, a new government, new safeguards and measures that are going to actually protect we the people instead of making those politicians richer and richer and richer while we get poorer and poorer and poorer because they don't care. They don't care what's going on. We've got Gavin Newsom that's allowing, you know, children born after, you know, up to 28 days after birth and to be able to still kill that child and they get away with it. So it's time for those things to change. It's time for us to become aware. And the only way we do that is, is by each other, you know, finding out this stuff and and sharing it with others so that way we become a more accountable society but a more also a more responsible society that actually knows what's going on instead of taking it for granted that these politicians have our best bet and our best interests at heart because they don't all they care about is their pockets like our local superintendent i was floored to find out that he makes about a $200,000 salary per year and he does nothing. So it, it's one of those rackets that really just, it's, it's enough, you know, and it's time for us to say enough is enough. And with that, guys, um, it's 7.55 now. So I'm going to go ahead and ask for y'all to bow your heads. We're going to pray. And then we've got Echoes coming on um, right after this at 8 o'clock. And, yeah, I see that echo. I saw where Alabama did make the deal with Johnson & Johnson, and that's awful. But we'll go ahead and pray, and then we're going to hop over, all of us pod hoppers, we're going to hop over to um, Echoes podcast. She starts at 8 o'clock, and then at 9 o'clock we've got Bards FM. He's got a great interview tonight. And then Kilted Christian will be on at 1030. I'm going to try to make it through all of these with you guys as long as I can. I can't say I'll make it for Fishers of Men tonight at midnight, but I'll make it at least the Kilted Christian because it's MSN Liars Thursday. So if y'all bow your heads, we'll say a quick prayer to our Father. And I'll play a little short song if we've got enough time, and then we'll hop over. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to allow us to gather together to to be able to spread the information that you've given us. Even though, you know, we had intended this for last night, I appreciate you guiding me tonight and, and steering me tonight so I could find out the information on the ivermectin because that was a big shocker to me, Father. 
I pray for all of our family here and in the chat, as well as those that are going to be listening later, that you are just, you, you continue to bless them and meet all of their needs, Father, that you know what those needs are. We lift up especially our sister Faith and her daughter, our sister Danica and her daughter, Tam, her husband and her brother. We lift up our brother MSM Wires as he continues to heal from the surgery. And, and just for all of those worldwide who are blinded by the, the pharmaceutical industries, take a pill and fix it all that's just going to continue to poison us all, Father. We thank you for all of the natural medicines that you've given us. I thank you specifically for Angie, who sent me the wild lettuce tincture. And, and the other things that she has just been so wonderful to give and of her knowledge. Father, we, we lift them up to you and, and we thank you for each and every one of them. Father, I thank you so much for the, the knowledge that you give us, the breath every day in our lungs. And I pray, Father, that we could just continue to have you use us to do your work and your will. So each day we can help others find and follow you. And follow Jesus because Jesus' blood is what it's all about. He gave us that eternal salvation because we are not of this world, but in this world. And we know that where we're going is a much better place. I pray for our, my sister and, and good friend Nancy as she's going through and is on life support because of, of this COVID vaccine, so-called vaccine, I pray that you lift her up, Father, and, and if it's your will that she does not make it through this, that, Father, that, that you use this to help glorify not only your name, but help spread awareness to others on how dangerous this COVID vaccine can be and how dangerous all of these vaccines are. All of our problems, you know, did not come from from you, Father, but it came from man and man-made interventions that are just out for for money and and their own glory and things of this world. So, Father, we thank you that that that's not what we want and that you've guided us different and you continue to lead us to the true knowledge and the old ways of the past. Father, I thank you for everything that you've given us, all of the blessings in our life, and I pray that you just continue to bless all of those that are listening and, and those that that may not even know you, Father, our enemies even, that you either harden their hearts like you did with Pharaoh or that that you open their eyes to see what, what they're doing is wrong and that they repent and they seek you, Father, because Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the light. And it's in his mighty name that I pray. Amen. All right, guys. Well, it looks like we were able to wrap up before 8 p.m. So I'm going to play a little quick outro. And I hope to see you all over on Echoes on Podbean. Um, Tam, can you share the Podbean link for Echoes? Thank you, Tam.